This is Leewood Online, a ministry of Leewood Baptist Church, located in the Kansas City area. For more information about us, visit us online at www.leewoodbaptist.com. I know you brought your Bibles with you today. If you'd find it over to the book of Philippians, chapter 1 is going to be my preaching text. A unique message that I've prepared today, um, really in this transition Sunday. So here's the title, Seven Ways to Be a Blessing to Your New Pastor. Some of you need to get a sharp pencil out or a pen and take some notes, and and, uh, I pray that these would be important things to you in these coming days. It's been about three months ago that I agreed to come to be the interim pastor here at Leewood Baptist. And honestly, of the interims that I've done, most of the situations have been difficult and challenging, but this situation was unique unto itself. With the tragic passing of Mary Lane and the uncertain future for Adam and this church, it was of great concern, certainly to me. I agreed to come because I loved and cared for Adam, what God had for him in the coming days, but also to facilitate what I believe God could do here at Leewood Baptist. I actually have some history at the church, been here a few times to preach, and certainly uh, met with Adam even prior to him coming to Leewood to talk about what was before him. And I know he had in his heart a desire to see a revitalization, to see this church to be revived. And and I did know about the past history of the church. Uh, I pastored many good people who once called Leewood Baptist Church their church home. Believe me, when I came, I was looking through a glass darkly. So I did what we knew to do, and that was simply to pray and to wait. And soon things began to take shape, the least of which was not when Chris McGee was reintroduced to me at the end of August. I knew Chris for a lot of years. Uh, he, he actually served on church staff back at First Baptist Church Moore when my son was college pastor there. And uh, I just knew him because Derek loved him and cared for him. He was important to Derek and still is today. But we began to talk and to pray about what God was doing in his life and certainly what God was doing in the life of this church. And I'm just telling you today, I think we all on this Thanksgiving Sunday can rejoice in what God has just done. Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all you thought or ask, according to the power that works within you, to him be glory in the church, in Christ Jesus through all generations. So certainly this Thanksgiving weekend, join me in expressing our gratitude to God really for the restoration of hope and the anticipation of what God has in the future for Adam and his precious family and the McGee family as well. So we say congratulations to you, Chris and Adrian, Lucas and Elizabeth, and Adrian, your mother, who's here as well. God bless you for being here today. You know, as I reflect upon nearly 40 years of ministry, planning churches and reviving fledgling churches, I believe the unfolding of what God desires to do at Leewood could very well be the greatest and most impactful endeavor I've had the privilege to help with. You know, thinking about this sermon and thinking about what the promise of Jeremiah was certainly is fitting today. For God says, I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you a future and a hope. 
then you will call upon me and you'll pray to me and you will listen to me and you'll seek me and you'll find me when you search for me with all of your heart. And so this message is a practical message, seven ways to be a blessing to your pastor. And I suppose the presupposition, obviously, to this is, do you want to be a blessing to your pastor? And I think I know most of you in this room, and you do. You want to be a blessing, not a burden. You want to be a help, not a hindrance. You want to be an encourager, not a discourager. And so I'm going to give you some seven practical ways to be a blessing to your pastor. I'm going to pick up reading. This, this verse is really a springboard of some things that I want to say today. And I'm going to read verses 3 through 11, familiar passage of Scripture from God's Word. It says, I thank my God, in verse 3, and every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, for you, all making my prayer with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. And now I'm sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion in the day of Jesus Christ. It's right for me to feel this way about you because I hold you in my heart. You're partakers with me of the grace which in my imprisonment, in my defense and confirmation of the gospel, for God is my witness, how I yearn for you with all the affection of Christ Jesus. It is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment, that you may approve what is excellent and so, what is, and so be pure and blameless in the day of Christ, fulfilled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Christ Jesus to the glory and the praise of God. Join me in prayer. Father, as we reflect upon this wonderful text of Scripture that compels us to be people who pursue the gospel, to be people who pray, to be people who are of one accord and partnering together and fellowshipping together to accomplish your goal and your mission for the church. And I pray that would be true today. So help me to communicate these things you've laid on my heart in a clear and concise way. And I pray that we would really all say amen and affirmation to the things we talk about today. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Number one, first way you can be a blessing to your pastor is you can pray for him. Paul begins this epistle by a prayer for himself and a prayer also for the church. I thank my God in, my, uh, in all remembrance of you and every prayer of mine with joy I'm praying. So here, here's what we all know. Being a pastor is not an easy job. Matter of fact, being a pastor is not a job at all. It's a calling from God. And Chris has been called of God. It's, this is not a position he achieved. It's a calling he did receive from God. As a young man, God called Chris McGee to the gospel ministry. And as a young man, he knew what he wanted to do because God was guiding his life. Can we agree that is pretty much the exception to where most young men live. And so indeed, Chris was saying yes to the call of God on his life, and I would say it's somewhat unique. I think in contrast and comparison to my own call of God, I, I didn't pastor, I didn't preach till I was 31, and I didn't pastor and serve in the local church except uh, as a volunteer, as a deacon, until I was 33. So I'm just saying this, he's still a young man, but this young man comes with wisdom and experience and a passionate desire to please the Lord. So I think we could all readily agree, let's pray for Pastor Chris. Not simply because prayer changes things, but I will tell you, prayer changes us. Rarely do people hold a grudge 
or do they have ill feelings or indifference towards someone when they're praying for that person? Let's pray that God would protect him from the fiery darts of the evil one, that his heart would not be deceived or enticed by the temptations that are always crouching at the door of his life. Pray that he would walk in wisdom, that his faith would increase and be made strong, not just simply strong physically, but emotionally and certainly spiritually, that he would be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as he knows his labor will not be in vain in him. Pray that he walk in humility. And if on any success or notoriety, that it wouldn't booster any pride in his life because he had a little success along the way. Pray that God would bless him with good health, that he would be protected during these days of pandemic from illness and disease. Pray that his marriage would be strong. Pray that his marriage would be vibrant. Pray that he and Adrian would continue to love each other and find great satisfaction in serving the Lord together in this new chapter of their life. May you guys be a model in marriage. Can we agree we ought to pray for him? Secondly, I'm going to ask you, would you love him and love his family? Now, I know that you've already developed a love for Pastor Chris and his precious family. But I'm talking about a love that's not based on performance or feelings or fickle or is soon fading. We're to love with the love of God, which is sacrificial, which is unconditional. It's readily described in 1 Corinthians 13. It says, here's the, what, here's the way love behaves. It's patient. It's kind. It doesn't envy. It doesn't boast. It's not selfish. It's not easily provoked. And it keeps no records of wrongs. I think we would all agree that raising children is a not an easy task. It's never been easy. And I would suggest to you that it's never been more difficult. And I'm saying today simply that sometimes good parents have children who turn out to be a handful. In the Bible, this was not uncommon. You can go all the way back to the creation account. God created for himself Adam and Eve, and he put them in a perfect environment with only one rule. They broke the rule, and they were expelled from their home. And then Adam and Eve had a child whose name was Cain, and he was a murderer. Lest we forget to mention other good and faithful men like King David and Eli the priest or Samuel the prophet and the last judge and the anointer of kings, all dealing with rebellious children. I've known a lot of pastors who've had their hands full with their kids. I know one of them real well. He's preaching today. <laughs> All of this to say, Chris and Adrian have two teenagers, and I'm confident they're awesome kids. But I'm just saying to you today, if Elizabeth or Lucas should struggle or lose their way spiritually, let's agree we're going to give some grace and understanding to Chris and to Adrian. I know you'll do that, but you just need to be reminded that we're in this together. Third thing I want to touch on, seven ways to be a blessing, is to refrain from being critical to him or about him. You hear me? Being critical to him or about him. You know, I know that uh, just before I came, the church was preaching through the book of James. In chapter 1, you, you remember this verse, we're to be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. 
Actually, that is the trifecta on how we're to hear the Word of God. We're to be quick to hear the Word of God. We're to slow to respond to the Word of God and certainly not become angry because we're confronted with the Word of God. But I'm telling you, that is also great advice in, for anyone who desires to have good relationships and especially with your pastor. And it goes on to say in chapter 2 of the book we're preaching from here today, to do all things without murmuring or without grumbling or complaining. So here was this book, the, the book of Philippians, written to bring unity in the Macedonian church. And Paul know, knew what we all know. When, when people start complaining or being critical or condemning, it can be like wildfire. And instead of seeing virtue in someone, we find a chink in their armor, and all of a sudden, something they could have done better or didn't do, something they forgot to do, something they didn't say or should have said, and criticism then breeds criticism. Listen, if you can't say something good, then don't say anything. I, I love this quote by Will Rogers, who said, don't miss a good opportunity to shut up. And sometimes that's good advice. And remember what James says. He says, our words can be like wildfire, destructive and defaming, or, or, or like poison that is a venom that can ruin an effort, an event, a, a vision, or a person. But may the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart be acceptable unto you, O Lord. You are our rock and you are our redeemer. Number four, I'd like to see you faithful in church attendance. You know, I know this has been very difficult in COVID and I'm, no one's more aware of it than me. But Lord willing, there's, this is going to get behind us one of these days. I have a fear that a lot of people who have been faithful in church, we may or may not see again. The rhythm is gone. They're no longer feeling apart. Maybe they watch it online, maybe they don't, I don't know. But it's of concern. And you know, I had people along the way say, Pastor, how can we, what can we do to support you? You know what I say? And, and, and it sounds a little trite, but it wasn't trite when I said it. I said, you can show up, you can be here. I, I'm blessed. And I know Chris is as well. People that you're investing in, people you're, you're pouring your heart into, and, and, and you wait for Sunday because it's your day to come together and worship the Lord together for edification, for worship and all, and fellowship, and all that meeting together in the church is all about, and they're not here. And I'm just saying, unless providentially hindered, why don't you be in church? Listen, it's not that... You, you can't miss church and be a good Christian. I'm not saying that at all. But I do know this. There is a reason that we come together because we're better together, because we fellowship together. We're edified when the Bible is preached, when we worship the Lord through song and prayer. And, and it's, it's a way God created us to be in a body, not, not lone rangers, not simply going our own way, just believing the way we want to believe without really out the responsibility of working together in the body of Christ. Hebrews 10, 24 and 25, and let us consider how we may stir up or spur one another on, how we may encourage one another, exhort one another to do what? To love each other and to do good deeds. And then he goes on to say, not neglecting the assembling of ourselves together as the manner have some is. Can you believe it? The first century church, here's the, 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 these epistles are still being written, and some have dropped out of church already. 
So this has been a chronic problem <laughs> over the years. If someone don't exhort us to come together and be faithful in coming together, guess what? I'm afraid too often we'll begin to wane in where we need to be. But encouraging one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Why don't you work in your schedule when you're going on vacation instead of leaving on Saturday? Stay around to Sunday and leave after church. Instead of staying till Monday or Sunday night and going back to work the next day or whatever you got going, how about getting back for Saturday? I mean, it, that's not too much to ask. But you'll be a blessing if you'll be found faithful. I kind of really hitchhike this fifth thing I want to say on that word, encouraging. Encouraging one another and so much the more. The fifth thing is be an encourager. Because really I've said this in a negative way about not being critical. But this is not something you don't do. This is something that you will do. How do you be an encourager? How can you be a blessing? Well, I'll tell you how you can do that. When he preaches on Sunday, you can say, Hey, Chris, man, that spoke to my heart. Thank you for feeding me faithfully. You, you can use an opportunity to brag on him on social media, share a quote from his message, and I'm telling you, it'll be a blessing. That word encourage in the Greek New Testament, parakaleo, para means to side, kaleo means to call, it means to call alongside. And when you encourage him, you're coming alongside Chris to affirm him, to say good words to him, to exhort him on that he could run with endurance the race that has been set before him. Listen, these are difficult days. We have no time for pettiness, for selfishness, for fault-finding. And I know you can do well at this. I know that you will be an encourager. Man, I think about my own ministry over the years. If I had a dollar for every word of encouragement that was said to me, I'd be a wealthy man. You know what? You know what it caused me to do? No, I couldn't wait for Sunday to get here. Why? Because I was going to be encouraged. I was going to be blessed. God's people were coming together, and they came in affirmation. I've seen this church do it in just the months that I've been here. What a sweet spirit. What kind people. This Leewood Baptist Church. You've been encouragement to us. I'm not surprised it was a 100% vote in favor of Chris. Because that's the attitude I believe you possess. And when God's people are working together in one heart, mind, and spirit, God can do some mighty things. All that to say is you've got it in you. And we've been able to experience. Here's what I know. When you begin to be an encourager, you'll get encouraged. When you bless other people, you'll, you'll, you, you yourself will be blessed. I, I, I think what Jesus said, and we've got some red-letter words over there in the book of Acts where, where Paul quotes him and said, Jesus said, it's more blessed to give than it is receive. Why is that? Because the joy is in blessing other people. And when we bless others, we get blessed ourselves. We encourage others. We get encouraged ourselves. It lands back in our lap. Given it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together. Whatever marriage you give it away, Jesus said, you'll get it back as well. Here's what John Maxwell said. A word of encouragement from a teacher to a child can change a life. 
A word of encouragement from a spouse can save a marriage. A word of encouragement from a leader can inspire a person to reach their full potential. I'd only been in the ministry about three years. And I remember one Sunday I was preaching at uh, First Baptist Piedmont, Oklahoma, just outside Oklahoma City, northwest Oklahoma City. There was a man who came who worked at the state office there. I was surprised to see him. He kind of sat at the back, and after the service, he hung around and visited with me. You know what he said? Steve, you can do this. God's going to use you. That was a good message. You know, I think it was really the first time I can remember someone saying, you can do this. That was a blessing. How important was that? Well, it's been about 35, 36 years. I still remember the conversation. I still remember the occasion. And I'm just saying you you can be a blessing. You can be an encourager. Number six, support his vision. Be supportive of his vision. Uh, I think it's the ESV that says, when there's no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint. We think of a vision sometime as... uh, kind of forecasting, kind of Notre Dame's kind of stuff, forecasting something that's going to happen in, in, in the future. But when I'm talking about a vision here, really I'm talking about a word from God. That's what it means there in that text. But certainly God will gift him with this vision, a vision, a direction, a way to move the church forward. And I'm certainly not suggesting, suggesting and Chris is kind of already uh, put his hand up on this. Like, so what's your vision now for Leewood Baptist Church? Because truth of the matter is, this thing has to percolate a little while in his heart for him to perhaps be even able to articulate what that looks like. He needs to make an assessment. Not unlike Nehemiah, you remember he got a burden to go back and rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. But when he got there, he didn't just engage. You remember he went on a midnight ride and he checked things out. He assessed the damage and evaluated what he was up against. And I'm confident it'll be that way with Chris as well. Oh, he's going to move this church forward. He's a proven leader. He's labored and God has used him. And I expect he will use him in the future here as well. I'm glad he's seasoned here in Kansas City. He already knows where the grocery store is. He already knows how to get there. He knows how to get to this church, and he's got his bearings. He's one of us, and he and Adrian, and I know it will prove to be beneficial. So my advice to you is trust him and undergird him in his efforts to fulfill his mission and ministry. Refrain from saying things like, uh, we've already tried that. Or it, it, it didn't work here. We've done this. Believe me. He doesn't need people throwing cold water on his efforts. These are new days for Leewood Baptist Church. And I know this, it's never too late for a new beginning. A new beginning in ideas. A new beginning in our own personal life. 
and a new beginning in the life of this church. One last thing, then we'll quit. Pray for him, love him, and love his family. Refrain from being critical to him or from him, uh, about him. <laughs> Be faithful in church attendance. Be an encourager. Support his vision. And then finally, welcome the new growth here at Leewood Baptist Church. Chris has mentioned a couple of times when asked about his vision, he kind of reluctantly said a few things. What really is the, the, one of the planks in the platform of his desire here at Leewood? And he mentioned hospitality. Greeting and welcoming prospective people who will be coming here over the next weeks and months. Now, I have a little experience in this as I came almost 31 years ago to be the pastor of a group, uh, a core group of people that was meeting in a school out in Shawnee, Kansas. Here's what I learned. These people were very comfortable with their group. However, as you would expect, I believe they called me to be their pastor to grow this startup church. And we were able to do that. The core group was a little under 100. In just a little over three plus years, we had about 200 people. 100% growth in three years was pretty good, I thought. But can I tell you, the core group never embraced the new people that God brought their way. And they're developed in their kind of an us-against-them mentality. And all of this conflict and tension could have been avoided, I believe, with some understanding that we really need to work together. We're part of the same body. So I'm just telling you, this is not about who was here first. It's not about superiority. It's not about position. But it is about unselfishness and loving one another. In chapter 2, if there be any encouragement, it says, in Christ, any comfort of love, any fellowship of the Spirit, any affection and mercy, fulfill my joy by being like-minded. Like-minded. Let nothing be done through strife for vain glory, but in lowliness of mind esteem others better than yourself. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others, and let this attitude be in you that was also in Jesus Christ. Let's do what we can do to be a blessing. I quit with this story. Back when our church was small, I, I did a uh, children's sermon, obviously before we dismissed the kids or had children's church or anything like that, but uh, I, I did a children's message, and, and we did the mystery box. Chris, I don't know if you've ever heard of the mystery box or not, but uh, don't try it, whatever you do. No, <laughs> you'd be great at it. But uh, anyhow, I, I had a mystery box, and what we'd do, I'd invite the kids forward, and uh, I had something in the mystery box that I didn't know what it was. And so I would ask someone each week not to let me see what they were bringing, put it in the mystery box. We would open it up at the front of the church, and whatever it was, I would make a spiritual application. You know, extemporaneously, I'd tell a, a, a spiritual truth about whatever they, they brought. Now, some things were easier than other things, but we had some ground rules in this, and the ground rule, rules were this. Nothing dead, nothing alive, and no poison ivy. That was it. 
But I told, I told the kids this each and every week. Look, kids, when you bring what you're going to bring next week, and I'd uh, sign one of the kids to do this. I'd say here, the objective is not to stump the pastor. The objective is to make the pastor look good. <laughs> and can I tell you today, that's what this sermon is about in all sincerity. Let's make the pastor look good. How are we going to make him look good? Well, we can pray for him. We can encourage him. We can believe him. We can trust him. We can be faithful. We can embrace his vision. And indeed, we can practice hospitality. Would you bow your heads with me today? When Christ becomes our personal Savior, He changes our heart. He takes a heart of stone and makes it a heart of flesh. And we walk in newness of life because He's delivered us from the kingdom of darkness and, and He ushered us into the kingdom of His dear Son. The grace of God changes us. So really the things that I'm talking about today is is really relative to behaving like a believer. These are the qualities, these are the characteristics, attributes of, of someone who's full of God, full of the Spirit. There's love and joy and peace and patience and goodness and kindness and gentleness and faithfulness and self-control. It's what God does in our life. Let's not get in the flesh Let's walk in uprightness and truth. Let's shun what's evil. Let's cling to what is good. Let's walk humbly with our God. And let's undergird and support our shepherd. It's not an easy job. It's not a job. It's a calling. Called of God sovereignly, uniquely. He's brought him along a pathway. And he's opened this gate that he could be of service, a servant to this wonderful church. Father, we pray for Chris and Adrian and Lucas and Elizabeth. We thank you for them and bring them to this church. They begin this next Sunday to write this chapter and I pray that it would be evident that your good hand is at work leading and guiding them and, and blessing them. So I pray there'd be an enthusiasm, a joy that's so needed. And so Lord, we pray to that end. Be honored in our lives individually. Keep us in step with one another. Help us to walk in the Spirit so we can fulfill your desires. We pray and ask these things in Jesus' precious name. All God's people said.
thank you for joining us online. Leeway Baptist Church exists to glorify God by making disciples of all nations. For more information about us and our ministry, please visit us at www.leewoodbaptist.com.